Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode... Huh. I always need to check. I think this is episode 17 (laughs) of my podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Wynn. And I am sitting in my backyard. It's almost 1030 at night. And I'm sitting in my backyard recording my podcast tonight. You hear the crickets and all the chirping of the little nighttime insects (laughs) they're in the background so it's very relaxing so I'm just sitting out here like my oldest granddaughter says I'm just relaxing but tonight I think I am going to talk about you know and I had it in my head yesterday and I should have recorded yesterday but I didn't Um, but I'm going to talk about the fall the season the fall and my actual fall and you know kind of how it all kind of joins together in my mind and um, you know what goes through my mind during the fall so stay tuned and um, I'll start my ramblings in just a moment thanks for listening Okay, so like I said, it's 10.30 at night, and I'm sitting in my backyard, (laughs) and I'm recording on my phone, and so I keep getting alerts going off, so I don't know if those, if you can hear those in the recording or not, but I'm not going to try to edit them out because, again, I have not really mastered the whole editing of this uh, (laughs) these recordings so they'll just have to stay in there Uh, so kind of wanted to talk about uh, the fall so it is the end of August it's like the last few days of August there's like four more days of August Um, and then even though Fall won't come until later in September. Usually Labor Day is the official end to summer. You know, the kids are starting to go back to school. And I know for a lot of parents and a lot of students, school looks a little different right now since we're still in the age of the um, pandemic and the COVID. So there's a lot of kids that are doing virtual learning, Um, The ones that are going to school, they're in school, in class, situation looks a little bit different. Now, my oldest granddaughter is supposed to start school, but she hasn't actually been registered yet. So hopefully that will happen here soon so she can get started into school because she's pretty excited about being a kindergartner. So it would be great to have her um, on track with uh, her other classmates and and that so she's pretty excited about going to school her mother on the other hand not so much (laughs) and I don't know if you can hear that but there's a helicopter overhead and I think that's the second time today that I've had helicopters over in my neighborhood there was early this morning there was uh, well not early but maybe 10 9 30 10 o'clock 
there was a high-speed chase um, out of <laughs> out of uh, my uh, little town here that I work that I work in that I live in. Um, I'm not sure what happened. I just know that when I was coming back toward the house, um, I saw four police cars and a young lady. They were not. They're like quarter mile from my street. And I thought it was weird because usually if it's a traffic stop out in this area, they don't do a lot of traffic stops out here because I don't know why. They just don't. Um, they probably need to <laughs> do more. But um, there was four police cars, and that's kind of unusual uh, for this area. Now, there are schools that are pretty close. Um, matter of fact, there's an elementary school, the middle school, the high school, and the um, college prep school are all on the same block or same street, not the same block, but the same street. Um, so I know that the police kind of stay in that area a little bit when school is going on and school has started. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, it being whatever the issue was, there would be a little bit extra precaution, you know, a little bit extra precaution on whatever was going on. So I just kept driving. I went out and did some grocery deliveries today. So that's why I was going to a different store to um, pick up an order and deliver it. And on my way, right as we got into the city limit, as I got into the city limits of St. Louis City, um, all of a sudden, I heard a bunch of uh, sirens, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and the Jennings is the municipality that I live in, and so the Jennings police were chasing, but I mean, they were speeding through, and I thought it was weird because I was already outside of Jennings. I was into the city of St. Louis, and they don't patrol there, so I thought it was weird that all these Jennings police officers were you know, in the city, and then all of a sudden I saw this little black car just kind of speed through um, as I had pulled over, and, um, you know, the police cars were chasing them, so I thought, oh, okay, yeah, high-speed chase, some uh, chase, somebody is um, out doing their criminal activity early in the morning, I don't even know why, but that's what it was. So I was in the middle of a police chase and that was the most exciting part of my day. <laughs> um, hopefully they caught that guy because, uh, again, I think it started pretty close to the area where the schools are. And so it's too early in the school year for things like that to be happening, the scaring the kids and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully they were able to track that guy down and get him. And get him off the street at least for a little while. So that was my exciting morning. And then the rest of my morning was pretty much standard. rest of my day, actually, was pretty much standard. I made a few deliveries and uh, came back, picked up the girls from child care, came home, and then went to do my call center work. So that was my standard day. And now... I am off work and I'm sitting in the backyard and I think I'm being eaten up my, by mosquitoes. <laughs> um, but that's okay because it's nice and quiet. It's a little humid, but the temperature is not hot and it's breezy. So it's kind of nice and relaxing. And it kind of reminds me of 
my childhood growing up a little bit. Uh, my mom was always outdoors this time of year. She had a garden. She had vegetable garden. She had a rose garden, lots of flowers everywhere. Uh, she very much had a green thumb. And I don't really have a green thumb. <laughs> but this kind of reminds me of us sitting in the backyard and after she had done all her gardening and everything and she would go in the house and take her bath and get herself cleaned up and then come back outside and just sit and be still and just enjoy the outdoors and that's kind of what this night kind of reminds me of um, I like sitting outdoors um, but I like the fall better than the summer the fall the summer it's hot and there's mosquitoes like I said I'm being eaten up by mosquitoes right now <laughs> So there's mosquitoes and the fall is just so much better because there's a crispness in the air with the wind and the leaves are starting to change and it's just, um, it's just different than the summer, you know. A lot of people like the fall. The fall used to be my favorite um, season. Um, until my mother passed away. So my mother passed away in October. And I just remember, and that's been, it'll be 20 years this October. And it um, was a nice, crisp fall day, the day that she passed away. And I just remember, you know, just how the weather was. It was not too hot chill in the air in the air early morning but then as the day went on um, it got a little warm uh, not too hot and it's kind of typical for this area for the fall um, it used to be our September weather but it was our October weather that day and it's been our October weather for a while because I kind of pay attention to it a lot uh, because it just brings back memories of that day and what happened uh, for full disclosure, my mom passed away in a house fire, and um, I just remember, you know, parts of that day, the phone call that I got, going to the house, being there, waiting while they put the hot spots out. They had already, um, the coroner had already taken my mom, they had already gotten her out and taken her away to the uh, medical examiner's office. And uh, so they were just waiting, putting hot spots out to make sure that the scene was secure. And that's kind of how it was. I got there right when they were taking her away. Um, so they, they were leaving on one side of the street. I was arriving at the other side of the street. And so that's kind of how that day transpired for that particular event anyway and so ever since then the fall has been just very just not it has definitely has not been my favorite um this brings back a lot of painful memories because you know something about watching your childhood home um be on fire a lot of memories that you had in there just gone you know, plus your 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 mother is gone, so it's it's always brought back a lot of painful memories. 
uh, it's been kind of hard over the last 20 years to really overcome it. I just always never really like when the weather starts to change. It just always puts me in a in a mood that is just not good. And um, I kind of relate that to the fall. So after my actual fall, uh, my accident, um, you know, and I didn't fall in the fall. I fell in the springtime. And so basically had most of the summer to try to recuperate, to have the surgeries on my hands and things of that nature. And then ended up going back to work. Uh, I was working at a uh, non-for-profit organization. And <clears throat> ended up going back to work. Well, I had gotten new bosses. And my new bosses had made the decision that, you know, they didn't really need me in that role. So they eliminated my job. And that was around this time of year. And so it brings back a lot of memories because I had been at that job for six years. I thought I was doing a good job. Um, I guess they, well, obviously they wanted to take the community center into a different direction and I was not part of that plan. Um, but it was very upsetting and painful to me. And it's this time of year, uh, it was this time of year when that happened. And it's usually this time of year where I really start to feel down, you know, because um, I felt like Right when I was down physically trying to recuperate from this accident, you know, I had issues with swelling in my head and pain and migraines, plus the pain, aches and pains of the uh, problems that I had with my back because, I, because of my fall and the broken bones in my hands and, and wrists. Uh, the nerve damage that was in my arm and my leg that I still suffer with today. Uh, I felt like, you know, that situation was just kind of a situation that kicked me while I was down. I was already down because I was trying to recuperate and get physically back to not even 100% because I'll never be at 100% because I have metal plates in my hands and arm, my wrist and, and that. So I'll never be 100% like I was. And of course, I'm older. <laughs> so I was not going to be 100% like I was anyway. So it's even going to be worse with the metal things holding my hands together. Um, but it just was very upsetting. And I think that was the thing that started this latest bout of depression that I go that I've experienced over the last couple of years because I felt uncared about. So, you know, the my new bosses at the time had said, eh, we don't need you around." Just pretty much I mean, it's not that I didn't, wouldn't have a job, but they basically um, was going to move me from my position, which they eliminated my position, and giving me a part-time position, taking away my health insurance when I still needed more surgery 
on my hands and my wrists and just other medical things that I needed. But, uh, you know, they decided that taking away my health insurance and my job and giving me a part-time job was the best thing to do. And at that point, I ended up leaving that company because I felt like, you know, they didn't have my best interests at heart. Um, they're a non-for-profit, so, you know, it, it wasn't that the community center wasn't making money. Uh, because when I first took that job, um, the community center was not making any money. They were always in the red. So, um since I had been there, I had gotten the community center back into black and actually had made it start to be somewhat profitable. Not extremely profitable, but somewhat profitable. And, you know, it took a lot of hard work and it took a lot of years to get the community center back into black. And I felt like, you know, the new people in charge didn't appreciate it. They didn't like it. They didn't appreciate it. And I almost felt like they just didn't have any use for me. And they were going to put me in some office job, you know, making $10 an hour, uh, four hours a day, every once in a while, you know, part-time, just super part-time. And I, I just felt disrespected, um, particularly somebody, you know, with my work background, you know, I, I felt like even if I was going to go into an administrative role, my work history and my degrees would warrant me to at least make more money than $10 an hour. And I just remember, you know, in the meeting with the HR person and uh, the new people in charge, I told them, I said, I could work at Target and make, you know, for the same 20 hours a week and make more money which I ended up doing because <laughs> Target was paying a whole lot more than $10 an hour, a whole lot less stress and uh, the same 20 hours a week. So that's what I ended up doing. And I actually liked Target. I was kind of sad when I had to leave because of the COVID and everything um, and with the minions. But, uh, you know, that's a chapter in my life. But... This chapter in my life uh, with the job that I had to leave because my job was eliminated, it was very hard. And I really had to work hard to change my mindset about where I am, where I was in life, where I am in life, and where I'm going in life. And um, I'm running out of time on this part of the episode, so I'll have to stop it here. But then I'll start it back up here in a minute. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back to finish off. Well, now I am back and I left off at leaving the job. Yep, I remember scratching my mosquito bites. <laughs> so anyway, um. Yeah, I think that was kind of the catalyst to me uh, getting into this depression that I've been in the last couple of years. 
Because when I left there, I not only didn't have another job, but I had no means of getting another job. And that was simply because I couldn't use my hands. You know, I had one hand still in a cast, <laughs> and the other hand was working better, but I still had a finger that was still healing, broken bones that were, were still healing in that finger. And so I, I didn't know who was going to hire me. So I ended up going to a temp agency. It was a legal temp agency. And they did find me work. And so what I would do, I was in a soft cast so I could take it off. And so when I would go to the assignments, I would take the soft cast off. Well, that wasn't doing me any good because I really needed to keep my hand in the cast to keep my hand stable so that they could heal properly, even with the metal plates in it. So I really wasn't doing myself any good taking the cast off, trying to work for, you know, seven, eight hours, and then putting the cast back on. It was very painful. I couldn't manipulate the hands. I couldn't really type. Um, and as a legal assistant, a legal secretary, you know, you have to be able to type fast. I couldn't type. You know, I had broken fingers <laughs> that were healing. So I couldn't type that fast. It was very off-putting. And I just remember that this organization is kind of a religious organization. And I just remember this, uh, the new manager that came in was basically just like, you know, I feel like this is God's, you know, what God's saying to do. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to speak for God. I, I know that I don't have any rights to speak for him. But I just feel like, uh, and, you know, again, I'm a Christian person. And not that I'm perfect or pious or anything. I think a lot of people think that because you profess Christianity, that makes you, like, supposedly higher up than other folks and you can't do any wrong or do any, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's not me. I do plenty wrong. I mess up plenty. And, you know, that's why God forgives us. And he knows I'm not perfect. He knows my heart. And that's what I know. And, but what I also know is that what I've studied and read in the Bible, it doesn't seem like God just likes to take things away from people just because he can. You know, if he so loved the world that he gave his son that we can have everlasting life, then he's not really going to take your health insurance away when you need it the most. He's not going to take your job away when you need to pay bills and you can't go get another job. So I don't feel like anything that this manager was saying um, was conducive to anything that God in the Bible that I've read <laughs> would have co-signed, basically. I don't think he would have co-signed that. So that's when I ended up trying to uh, do deliveries. So I tried, that's when I first tried to do grocery deliveries. Um, so the one-handed driving was a challenge. <laughs> but then, two, you know, groceries can get heavy. <laughs> and so I ended up not being able to be very successful with delivering the groceries. But I did end up going to the food platforms, like the DoorDash and the Grubhubs. And um, so I started doing those platforms. And that was better. 
with the one-handed driving. Um, still had a lot of back pain, neck pain, headache pain. <laughs> still a lot of pain in my leg uh, from the nerve damage, pain in my arm from the nerve damage. But I needed to make money, so I needed to break my day up um, into parts so that I could, you know, still figure out how to work eight hours, make eight hours of salary, but then you know, still have time to rest my body as it, you know, because I was just in a lot of pain. And I just remember being so angry and hurt and disappointed all at the same time. Um, just mad at the organization. Not mad at God because I knew he didn't have nothing to do with that. But just mad at the organization, mad at the people at the organization, um, mad at the people, you know, that allowed that to happen, the headquarters, the board, you know, everybody that just, you know, not necessarily that they all co-signed co it, but they didn't advocate for me. And so I just was very hurt and very disillusioned. And I still feel somewhat bitter about it <laughs> uh, as far as the organization is concerned. Even though, you know, obviously my life has moved forward and is progressing. And I'm still in a rebuilding stage, but definitely a lot better um, mentally and physically than I was back then. But it was still hard to get to that place. So depression sits in. You feel worth. Well, I felt worthless. I felt unwanted, unneeded. I couldn't do anything. Um, most of it was because physically I couldn't do anything. But somehow in my brain it translated to I was worthless. And basically that was not the case. Um, it's just that I couldn't physically do anything. And so I don't know how my brain translated that physical ailment into you can't do anything. Um, it's just that I was unable to at that particular time. And there's still some restrictions and things that I can't do even today, you know. Um, but I work around it. Uh, just like most people that have some sort of uh, uh, ailment or disability, they work around it. Um, to function in life and so I do that but I do that now with a better attitude so I just remember in the fall of that year the year that I fell um, it just was very rough and financially I struggled and of course mentally I struggled um, had head trauma um, from the fall so I struggled with that I had memory issues, I had stress, um, migraines, uh, just pains all over. And I just felt like, you know, I just couldn't handle all the pressure that was like just over me, you know, with the physical pain and the emotional trauma that I felt like I was going through. It was just very hard. Um, but I've noticed that since that first fall, the year that I fell, 
each fall has gotten a little bit better. So the first fall was probably the worst. And then a year later from the first fall, the year after I fell, was a little bit better because by then I was working at Target. I was making money. I was feeling a little bit more confident. I was back in the workforce. I was getting, you know, my bills paid. Uh, I was doing more with uh, my at-home basement call center. And, um, you know, things were starting to turn around. I still was having this pain, still having the migraines. But by then I was in therapy and working on try, trying to do something to deal with the stress, to try to help manage the migraines. I had gone to my doctor, finally got my doctor to listen that my head hurt because when, when I fell, everybody was pretty much more focused on the broken bones and the slip disc here in the back and a slip disc there on the spine and all these other things that they could see with x-rays but not really focusing on the fact that my head hurt <laughs> and I think that was the worst because I felt like my doctors weren't listening to me so just imagine you lose your job you have these migraines you're trying to tell your doctors okay yeah great you want to keep having these surgeries on my hand back and leg and this and that but, you know, I'm having these migraines, I can't even function. So even if you fix my hands, I can't even function to go do a job because I have to sit in this dark room because I have migraines. And they're not really listening to you. So, you know, you feel, I don't even know, you just feel, I felt low and it was terrible. It was a terrible place to be in. It was very dark, a very dark place to be in. But of course, then the following fall, like I said, I was in therapy. I was getting um, medication for the migraines, working at Target, so working part-time so that I could be making money, try to help with my bills, still living with my daughter, of course. Um... But then having a part-time job so that, you know, I wasn't working full-time. So that the migraines, you know, not that I always had a migraine on my off day, but had a lot more off days than I had on days. So even if I had a migraine, I could get through a five-hour shift and then, you know, have the next two days off to try to work on the migraine from there. Um, I had health insurance through the uh, Obamacare or whatever they call it, the marketplace. Um, so things were really starting to turn around by that first fall. So a year, by the year after that, things were really starting to turn around. And um, I'm kind of grateful for that because, I mean, like I said, I was in a very dark and low place and it's just... I don't know. It, it just was it was kind of scary because I had, don't think I had ever been in such a low place. And coupled with the fact that fall has never been my favorite time of year since my mom passed away in the fall, 
it was really, really a low place. But again, the next fall, after, after my actual fall, I was in a better position. And it was in a position to really start to rebuild my life. And um, yeah, so I was working at Target, I was making money, I had co-workers that I enjoyed hanging out with and working with, and it just was a good environment. And, you know, I make a joke that Target saved my life. <laughs> and I don't know if it did or not, but it definitely gave me a little bit of a purpose, gave me something to do, uh, something away from the minions, and uh, it was good. And then just the next fall, so that's two years after, yeah, two years after, no, let's see, I worked at Target for a year, from June to June, so it was a year this year. So this would be, this fall would be two years after that one, so yeah, that would be two years. So we're coming up on two-year anniversary of that fall, and so... Yeah, I've, I've come a long way since last fall till now. Um, my attitude is better. I have a better outlook on life. I'm grateful for what I have. You know, uh, especially in this pandemic when a lot of people are losing work. Uh, I have options for work now. The migraines are better. I still have them. I had a migraine a week or so ago, you know, so I still have them. I still get them. I still get the anxiety, as I've talked about on my podcast before. Uh, I still get panic attacks, um, as I've talked about before. So I'm not back to 100% normal, but I'm doing a lot better. So coming up on this second fall um, I'm optimistic that I will continue to grow and evolve and get better and um, I feel like the rebuilding process of rebuilding my life is really starting to go in a positive direction now uh, I think last fall was just the beginning of the rebuilding process and so by this fall, you know, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, as long as I keep a positive outlook and keep things positive, stay grateful for what I have, and just continue to move forward and try not to focus on the things that keep me down. So the things that, um, like the things that I'm unable to do physically, Try not to focus on that too much and the things that I'm unable to do mentally or emotional try not to focus on that and just keep pushing forward so I guess if I were to kind of wrap this whole episode up in a nice pretty little package I would just say that you know once you <clears throat> realize you know, the things that you do have, not the stuff that you've lost or, you know, the job that you lost or the, the things that you lost, but you'd be grateful for 
the things that you have, even if you don't have much, even if you did lose like everything, but you have somewhat of your health or you have friends or, you know, you wake up and you have a right mind. You're not struggling with too many mental issues and things like that. Um, if you just find something to be grateful about every day, that really does make a huge difference in life. And so I think that's just basically the meat of what I'm trying to express in this particular episode. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I am going to sit outside a little bit more and listen to some music until I get sleepy. And then I'm going to go in the house and go maybe shower because i got more mosquito bites here. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk again soon. Bye now. Good day, good day, good day, everybody. Welcome to episode two in season two, and I'm your host, Michelle Wynn. And I'm glad that you were able to find me and tune in today. I think today's episode, I'm just gonna talk about um, a hodgepodge of things. And mainly what I kinda wanna focus on today is um, quarantine hobbies, or those things that you do that um, kind of keep you sane. Um, I know a lot of people have been, you know, doing things around the house, doing DIY projects around the house, uh, crafting, things of that nature. So I kind of want to talk about that, um, kind of how that looks in my life. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I've been doing so that's what this episode's going to be about today. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Stay tuned. I'll be right back with you. All right. I am back. <coughs> Doggone it. Every time I hit record, something gets in my throat. And it's very weird because I talk basically for a living. <laughs> uh, that's what I do. I talk to people um, all day long for a living, for a living. But for some reason, every time I get ready to record an episode, um, I get just a tickle in my throat and I uh, get dry mouth and all that stuff. So I do apologize. I am working on that. I am working on that. And I am also working on um, not saying um in those filler words. And I'm also working on talking slower so that my words are more pronounced I, so I can enunciate a little bit better. Full disclosure for today's episode, the minions are home. They are not at daycare today. They should have their tablets, and but I do hear them in the background. Um, matter of fact, I think somebody's coming right now. I hear some footsteps. Oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, so they're not they're not at daycare today, 
And that is because I didn't take them. <laughs> Danielle had um, ran into a door last night and she kind of messed her head up and she complained that her head was hurting this morning. So um, I was going to leave her home anyway. And then Dallas was like, well, if Danielle gets to stay home. Can I stay home? So, and then Delilah just went back to sleep. So that was the issues that we were having today with the daycare. So they are all home from daycare today. And they were supposed to stay in their room with their tablets, stay under the covers, stay in bed. However, I hear them running around. So if you give me just a minute, I will pause and I'll be right back. It's so funny um, because they wanted their tablets and they wanted to be home and stay in bed but then as soon as they have their tablets and they finish their breakfast they wanted to run around the house so it's like if you wanted to run around and exhaust energy you could have gone to school but who you know whatever anyway i've contained them they are contained for the moment and i can get on with my recording here so what i wanted to talk about today COVID-19 hobbies. What have you guys done to keep yourself um, sane um, during the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the quarantine stay-at-home orders? Um, have you picked up any new hobbies? Anything exciting? Um, anything like that? I'll tell you a few things that I have done. Other than online therapy, um, I see my therapist eh, once every two weeks uh, through a, like a Zoom call type thing. So that's what I do. <clears throat> and I find that that is helpful because it gives me somebody to talk to, talk out some issues that I'm having um, with everything. You know, just mental health is very important, especially during this pandemic times. So I do definitely recommend, if you can, finding um, someone to talk to, just to uh, talk to them about what's going on in your mental health. It's very therapeutic. And, I, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a therapist. You know, if you have a, a spiritual leader, a pastor, a rabbi, things like that, definitely is a good idea to um, spend some time with those type of people to kind of just unload and unwind some things that you've got going on in your mind. And um, I found it to be helpful. So hopefully um, others will find that to be help helpful as well. Um, I know some people still think that there's a stigma um, that goes along with therapy, but I'm not that person. Um, I highly recommend it. And, you know, I think it's a good, it's a good tool to use. It's a good, um, it's just like going to a doctor. If you have an ache and a pain, you go to a doctor. If you have a heart issue, you know, you go to a cardiologist. If you have problem, problems with your feet. You go to a podiatrist, you know, women go see a gynecologist, things of that nature. If you, you know, have cancer, you go see an oncologist. 
Um, if you have things going on in your mental state, you go see a therapist or a psychiatrist. That is not, there's no shame in that. And there shouldn't be any shame in that. So my number one hobby is therapy. <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a hobby, but it is something that I have uh, partaken in um, during this pandemic. Um, I was going to therapy a little bit before, um, after the accident and everything that happened. Um, I did need to get back to a place of center. Um, so um, I was going to therapy, but I was not going as often. Uh, but with the pandemic, I'm going a lot more often. Like I said, I think I go every two to three weeks. So at least once a month that I'm in therapy. So sometimes more if there's more going on. So I highly recommend it. So that is number one on my list. See a licensed therapist. And there are ways to do that from the comfort of your home if you have the opportunity to do so. Find a quiet spot. Take an hour out of your week. Find a quiet spot and talk to a therapist. I think it will be beneficial. So another thing that I've done during this COVID times I have, and I kind of was always this way, but I've kind of amped it up a little bit during um, these pandemic times. But I love cooking shows. And, the you know, the Food Network, the Cooking Channel, PBS, whoever has the cooking shows, I'm there. And... You know, I had told my therapist uh, about a month ago that I wanted to start taking cooking classes, uh, that I wanted to start getting out, doing things that were outside of the household uh, because, you know, I work at home and then I, I care for the children here at home. So everything in my life kind of revolves, excuse me, uh, revolves around being at home. And so I wanted to go and do things for myself. So, you know, I had talked to my therapist about doing some cooking classes here locally in town and I had found a couple of, of places that were offering cooking classes until the numbers of the COVID started going up. And so <clears throat> I did find that with the increase of the uh, COVID rate numbers, um, they started um, minimizing the classes that they were offering. I really wanted to take that... Uh, cookie baking class though I thought that was going to be so fun there's a Christmas cookie baking class um, I really wanted to do that uh, I thought that would be fun uh, however they did cancel it so I don't get a chance to do that now but it was um, it was a good thought and it was something that I thought wow you know I really would enjoy that but I like cooking I like watching cooking shows. Um, I like to try to experiment from time to time. Um, in my living situation, there's not a lot of time for me to be in the kitchen by myself and just experimenting and doing things because here comes a child, here comes the daughter, you know, are you cooking for me, that kind of thing. Um, so that's not really what I, you know, I'm not trying to cook, cook family meals. I just want to get in the kitchen and play around. And so I haven't, I've done a little bit, 
um, but not a lot, not as much as I, I've wanted to, but um, I do uh, want to experiment more with some of the things that I see on the cooking shows in my own kitchen. So that's something that's I'm still working on and I'll get to that spot here if this quarantine or as this quarantine or this uh, pandemic uh, continues on. So it's going to be winter time. It's going to be colder. Now today in my town, it's supposed to get up to like 65 degrees and that's pretty warm for December here in St. Louis. Um, but <clears throat> it's going to get cold. And so as it's getting cold, I kind of want to do things in the house that is going to make me happy and make me smile. And cooking is one of those things. Baking is another one of those things. So uh, baking is something that I want to get back into. I was baking a lot before, um, particularly when I was working for that non-for-profit. There was always some kind of event going on and I would get in their kitchen and bake you know, cakes or pies or whatever uh, for events and things like that. And I do miss that. Uh, I don't do a lot of baking here at the house because... Who's going to eat it? And I already put on 15 pounds here in the, in the pandemic. I, I don't need to put on another 15, 20 just because I want to bake something. But if you bake it, somebody's got to eat it. <laughs> and you can't take it like to your neighbor's house because your neighbor's going to be like, oh, thank you. And think COVID and then throw it right in the trash. So <laughs> um, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm trying to do. But um, I do want to get into baking a little bit more and, um, those are the two things that are really high on my priority list as far as uh, pandemic hobbies. Cooking and baking. Nice and wholesome. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing to do. And that might be even better than day drinking, <laughs> which that's the uh, hobby that my daughter has taken up. When she's off work, she's drinking. And so she's so much like her father in that, in that manner. <laughs> Um, and so let's see what else. Um, I started a, uh, another business. Now, as you know, my basement call center, I think when I incorporated, I think that's going to be the name of it, the basement call center, <laughs> just because I like it. I always call it that. And it feels like that would be, um, a good name for it. I don't know. I might take a poll anyway. Um, so my call center work that I do. I am a small business, so, you know, I have a tax ID. Uh, I'm a small business, sole proprietor. I partner with a larger company. Uh, my business partners with a larger company. And through that company, they are the ones that market to other um, companies uh, who need call center workers. And so um, my business partners with them uh, to find call center work. So I've been in business for quite a while um, with the call center, customer service, uh, customer support. I have been doing that for about five years, part-time and then now more full-time. And uh, before that, I was a mobile notary. So that, that's how my business got started. 
um, <clears throat> but uh, now I'm branching out into um, tax preparing. Uh, one of the uh, accounts that I work on in my basement call center is the Intuit account for their TurboTax. And I've been doing TurboTax. This will be my fifth uh, tax season. Uh, so I wanted to branch out of the customer support for, or tech support, for the TurboTax product um, into doing taxes myself. And so that is the goal. I've made lots of strides already in doing that as far as I've picked the software. Um, I haven't marketed myself yet. I'm in the process of getting my e-filing um, identification number from the IRS. I do have my practitioner's uh, number from the IRS already. Um, I'm, I need to just get some fingerprints and things like that to get the e-filing portion of it uh, together. I am in uh, training for uh, the 2020 tax year. Uh, so that's the 2021 tax season, but it's the 2020 taxes. Um, and there was a lot of changes with the pandemic and people um, taking money from their 401ks to kind of live when they lost their jobs or when, you know, they were on hiatus um, during the height of the quarantine. Um, some people had the unemployment uh, with the extra unemployment that the government was uh, adding on to the unemployment. And so there's some tax implications with that as well. So I'm taking these classes so that I would be well prepared and well versed into what's going on with the 2020 taxes as the tax season comes. So, <clears throat> so I'm starting another business, branching out into another business, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I've been interested in doing taxes for a very long time. Um, even well before my daughter was even thought of. So, and she's 27. So that was a long time ago. But I have been interested in doing tax preparing for a while. And so now I'm branching out into my own business and I'm pretty excited about it. And things are moving right along for that. So um, I'm excited and I'm kind of proud of myself that I'm actually going out there and, and um, doing that for myself. So that's a good thing. So starting my own business, that's the thing that I've done here in this pandemic time. And, you know, just those are basically the things that I've been doing. Uh, spending, trying to spend a lot more time just relaxing, getting away from the things that are the chaos the children, the work. Um, I would just listen to a podcast from a group of lawyers uh, from a law firm that I used to work with years ago or work for years ago and heard how they are handling uh, the pandemic and the working at home and all that. And it seems like no matter what your uh, background is, the struggles in this pandemic are the same. You know, people don't know what to do, like in the beginning. They don't know what to do when they work at home. And they had to put systems in place so that people could work at home. And then, you know, a lot of the courthouses and things were shut down. And so they didn't know, you know, how to 
you know, they had to navigate how to continue on with cases when there's no trials. They were stuck at home with their spouses and kids, and they didn't really know. They had to learn how to navigate that, being more full-time with their spouses and kids. So it's the same struggle no matter where you are in life. If you, you know, work at Target, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, I'm sure doctors and healthcare workers have a different struggle because they are on the 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 front lines. I mean, you know, they say Target and your grocery stores and Walmart and workers like that are on the front lines and they are. But to me, doctors, nurses, CNAs, you know, uh, people that work in hospitals, you know, whether it's the food um, uh, people, the culinary people, the housekeeping people, uh, radiologists, uh, everybody, just all healthcare work, all aspects of healthcare working, they are on the front lines. And so I'm sure that they have different stresses that I personally don't have. Um, and I just feel for them because it's just, it, you know, it's not, it's not stopping. It's just continuing on. It's continuing and continuing on. And so um, therapy, that's my answer. <laughs> if you can do therapy, do it. I don't know, you know, the struggles of the healthcare workers, but I can just imagine just... I can just imagine. It's, it's, uh. So we need, basically, the bottom line, we need to have something to do to unwind, to kind of center ourselves, to focus, um, to do, to get back to a place where we are mentally okay. And uh, that is, that should be everybody's goal. Um, and of course, and I don't want to put this as last, but it's first in my li- on my list. But you know, having a spiritual cent- center. You know, um, I've mentioned before that I'm a Christian, and you know, I do believe in uh, the Bible and what it says. That doesn't make me perfect or immune from the shenanigans that I do in life. <laughs> But that is what I believe in. And so I think having a good spiritual foundation is also key um, during this time because for me, it keeps me centered and focused and gives me kind of a direction to go. Uh, If I feel like I'm floundering, um, I can always revert back to just getting in a quiet place and uh, praying, meditating, things like that. to kind of bring myself back to center. And then, you know, with the therapy, needing, uh, having somebody to talk to, to kind of walk things out in my mind um, does help. And then the fun things like the cooking and the baking and things of that nature is, for me, key to just staying mentally well. And then the last component, I think, um, and this is something that I've experienced. Well, maybe there's two last components. Just a second. (sighs) My silly coughing. Okay. So two last components. Number one, uh, physical component. So what 
one of the things that I have been doing is just doing um, some exercises in the basement. Now, the exercises are not like exercises, but it's more like dancing. So I made a playlist on Spotify where you can find my podcast, by the way. And so I made an exercise playlist and basically I'm just dancing for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, nothing spectacular, nothing, you know, I'm not necessarily doing it to, to lose weight, but just to to move and to just get the adrenaline going, trying to get my blood pressure down. Uh, because when, for me, when I'm just more um, inactive, my blood pressure tends to go up because I don't eat as well. So um, just basically getting the blood flowing and getting the blood pressure down by moving more um, that has been helpful as well so going for walks uh, riding bikes if you can find a bike <laughs> lots of retailers have been out of bikes for a while um, because they've sold out of them and then they can't get them in for whatever reason so uh, but bike riding walking, running if you're a runner, you know, things of that nature. Because I know a lot of the gyms were closed for a while and then maybe opened, but with limited how many people can be in there and how many people can be on the equipment and things like that. So it makes it a little bit more challenging to go to the gym. So if you kind of invent, you know, um, your exercise space, if you have to get weights, if you can find them, Again, that's another um, uh, thing that that's hard to find during this pandemic because people have been, you know, setting up home gyms in their homes, basements, garages, and things like that. So, um, but yeah, if you can find the weight equipment, definitely do that. If you can do some videos or you know, there's lots of resources on YouTube and things, too, for exercise. And so that is helpful. But I just dance, you know. And I kind of got, like, the inspiration from TikTok. But I don't do TikTok dancing. And I don't record it because I probably look like a flailing chicken and arms flying all over the place. But it's not for the, um, for the look of it. It's for the just the move and the exercise and get the blood flowing. And so that's what... That's what that is for. And then um, something that I experienced myself, but then as I was listening to the podcast of these attorneys, um, I noticed that they were having some of the same struggles. So when you work at home, when do you turn the lights out? So like if you go away to your job and you go to an office, uh, when you get off at five or six or whatever time you get off, you walk out of the building and you go home. And so you've left your job at the job and you go home to your home. But if you're working at home, when do you leave the job and go home? And so that's something that I've been struggling with the whole time because after my accident, when I was fully working at home, I was fully working at home. And, you know, sometimes I looked at my schedule and I was working every day seven days a week maybe not working a full eight hours but you know if I threw in three or four hours here three or four hours there uh, um, that's my other phone going off 
I was working every day, working seven days a week. And that's kind of crazy because when you have a job that you go to an office and you work, you don't work seven days a week. You take a day or two off. Even if you do have to do overtime, work a little bit more, you know, uh, you have your own business. You know, if you have your own business, you probably work seven days a week um, as well. But you need to have some time and some space to get away from that and just to kind of uh, decompress and get your mind off of the business or the work that you're doing and that's something that I've struggled with since I've been working at home is when do I shut it off you know during tax season I shut it off on April 17th (laughs) so I don't even shut it off on the 15th I shut it off on the 17th because if you've e-filed your return on the 15th and it's rejected you still need me to help walk you through that process on the 17th or the 18th So I really don't shut tax season off until (laughs) like the 17th or the 20th of April. Okay. Uh, Because IRS does give you, you know, five days or however many days they do um, if you're rejected for whatever reason. So that you have to go back and fix your return. So, you know, from middle of January until middle of April, there really is no specific time to shut it off and that's something that I've struggled with so I need to work more on just saying look at XYZ time 5 o'clock 7 o'clock 4.30 whatever time I choose for that day then that's it don't call me (laughs) don't hit me up on Instagram (laughs) don't hit me up on Facebook say I just got one quick question can you answer it nope don't call me I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to answer it when I have some office hours the next day. And so that's a struggle. But I encourage people that are working at home to do that because you have to unplug from that. Otherwise, I think you just go like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's just not good. So you need to unwind and get away from that. Unplug from that. And just say, you know what, I'm going to turn it off for today. There are several days that I just have to turn it off. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is, what's going on, you know. You just have to turn it off for your own sanity and for your own um, health. You just have to turn it off. So I encourage people to do that as well. If you're working at home, just take the opportunity to turn it off. You know, sometimes when you're working at home, then your personal cell phone does become your um, office phone. Now, I went and got a prepaid phone because I'm not giving my number to all these people. So I got like a prepaid phone. Uh, you can get a Google Voice uh, phone number if you don't want to. Uh, you can't afford to, you know, to get another phone because that's expensive. Um, but if you get a Google Voice number, that's free. And you give your clients or your customers that number to call you. And they don't have your personal. And so, therefore, if they call you at 10 o'clock at night. And this is the thing that I used to have at the Salvation Army. or the Yeah, when I was running the community center. Parents would call me all times at night. 
And I'm like, I'm off. Don't don't call me. We Whatever you're trying to discuss, I'll be in the office tomorrow. That's when you can talk to me. And so that is, you know, something that is um, important so that you can unplug. So there's ways to get your phone number out there. And with the Google Voice, you can get text messages as well. So you don't necessarily have to give your clients your cell phone number or, you know, your customers, your cell phone number, just because, you know, you're running a business and doing things like that. So anyway, I hope some of those things were helpful. The kids have been quiet, so I'm going to go check on them. And then actually I have to start work at what time is it in an hour? So I'm going to veg out a little bit more. Um, thank you so much for listening again. I hope some of these tips were helpful. Um, I appreciate you coming to my podcast today and I hope that you will join me again once I upload a new episode. So thanks so much again for listening. We will talk very, very soon. Bye now.